0: Hey everybody, Lori Hybee here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. I just wanna give a quick shout out to you, the listener. I appreciate you and I want you to know that. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, definitely reach out. That being said, here's two ways that you can connect with me. First, check out our Facebook group if you wanna get involved in the conversation around networking. Uh, just search for Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Second, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me on. Search for Lori Hybe. You can click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and any upcoming events. If you would like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references social capital. I can't wait to hear from you. This podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes that you really need to understand your customer before you can start marketing to them. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Nick Hammernick. Nicholas Hammernick is the vice president at Hammernick and Associates. He's an enrolled agent, which is the highest designation assigned to tax professionals by the IRS. Nick uses his background in coaching and marketing to educate his clients on their tax situation with straightforward advice in a language that is easy for them to understand. Nick's main goal is to make sure small business owners are paying the least amount of tax legally possible to keep more of their hard earned money. Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, how are we doing today?
0: I'm, I feel like I'm a little over caffeinated, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to mean lots of productivity, I hope. <laughs> how about oh. you?
1: only way to get the day started.
0: (laughs) Oh, let's dive in. So can you just tell me and and our listeners what the difference between an accountant and a tax planner is?
1: Yeah. So um, I actually think on on one of your prior podcasts, you had talked with uh, someone who, you know, kind of described how an accountant's preparing financial statements and everything, but it really doesn't, uh, you know, get into the full picture of the bottom line and saving uh, a business owner money. Um, at the end of the day, the, the greatest uh, thing that a business owner is looking for, you know, and I think everyone in life is looking for is how can we pay the least amount of money to the government? How can we make the most money? Um, and that's through tax planning. Um, so we uh, try to utilize our knowledge of the tax law to devise tax plans for business owners, which means that we're instituting tax laws that are all legal to, at the end of the day, reduce their tax bill. So a, a normal accountant is preparing tax returns, making sure everything's filed on time, keeping you compliant. That's all very important, obviously. But at the end of the day, when we're filing your tax return in, in April, it's too late to actually you know, save money in tax. There's a couple small things that can be done. But if a taxpayer comes in and they realize they're owing a lot more in tax than they thought they should or you know they you know are are used to in the past that becomes the problem and then it's oh what can we do next year to make sure that doesn't happen so being proactive throughout the year by implementing tax strategies reduces that tax liability and we kind of write the story of what that tax return is going to look like at the end of the year instead of the story already being written when we file tax returns
0: yeah I'm definitely uh, learning more and more about that every single year as, um, as you know, the laws continue to change too, especially with the recent pandemic, there's been huge impact in the the tax industry. So can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. One of the craziest years, obviously for everyone.
0: And and, and it
1: definitely impacted uh, not only the tax industry, but small business owners in general. You know, a lot of small business owners were forced to Either shut their doors or change the way <clears throat> change the way that they operate, and um, there were things that became available as far as loans, credits, all these things to help keep cash flow in those small businesses. So it presented us with a lot more opportunities to uh, advise small business owners as far as here's what av- what's available that you might already know about, but here's some more in-depth tax things that might be available that are gonna save you some money right now and help you through these times. And a lot of clients that we worked with actually, you know, thrived through the pandemic because it forced them to do things differently than they were used to, which opened up new opportunities for them, but it did help that these credits and loans were available to them. Uh, But the new tax laws with the stimulus payments, all these things combined, created a crazy environment that, you know, changed the way that we had to report things on tax returns, presented opportunities for additional tax planning. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, tax laws are always changing. This just happened to be a, a, a thing that came out of the dark where tax laws were popping up, up you know, every single day. We didn't know what the final tax law was gonna be with unemployment. So it was kind of a play by ear, um, a lot of studying, a lot of education but it did present um, opportunities for small business owners to take advantage of certain things that became available through tax laws because of COVID.
0: Sure. Yeah. It seemed like every other day there was something new and different and, and they even just kept changing. So yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You're telling definitely,
0: me. <laughs> definitely appreciate you and your industry for staying on top of it and, and communicating those changes to, to the small business owners because um it definitely has an impact on how you manage your business and what business decisions you make. Um, Especially, you know, if there's significant impact on what you're paying or not paying or, you know, cash on hand, it's crazy. Yeah. And that's
1: what, you know, some of the credits that became available were to encourage business owners to keep their staff on, even if they technically didn't need all that staff because their sales were down, you know, those credits provided them the opportunity to, you know, keep them on staff. So in the future that employee would want to stay with them because of that, you know, that good deed that they kept them there. So that was the main reason was to try and keep businesses up and running, try and keep employees employed. And uh, for the most part, I, I think it, it did what it was meant to do. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I think a lot of small business owners came out better for all of it because it, it forced them it, it forced us to do things differently. It forced people to, you know, work more with technology, change the services that's providing. And at the end of the day, it's it's only a good thing to, you know, improve the way that you're processing things, even if it was because of the unfortunate situation. Yeah, um,
0: that it it's, It's fascinating what's happening and it's still, there's still changes happening, you know, and I'm sure you're staying on top of that. So um, I guess, what are you seeing with regard to tax law from the current administration and how some of these um, things may have an impact on taxpayers and small business owners?
1: Yeah, so anytime that there is a change in in Washington as far as uh, presidency goes, they're gonna to wanna to put their new tax plan in place. Mm-hmm. Part, of the, part, part of their pitch when they're, they're running for president is what are they gonna do from a tax perspective? It, it is one of the main talking points as far as, uh, you know, when they're arguing back and forth as far as what they would do and so forth. Um, you can't take what their proposal is as what it's actually gonna be but you can kind of project out based on the the main points in there, what it's gonna look like. We don't know when it's gonna be changed. It could be as soon as 2022, it could be 2023, not sure. But for the most part, it's probably gonna be coming. The main things that are in there, if we're gonna project it out, the tax brackets are gonna go up, which means that everyone's gonna be paying a little bit more in tax. And that was, that was gonna be a given no matter what happened as far as the next tax law changes went. The current tax brackets that we have right now are the lowest they've been you know, in decades. It, it was only a matter of time before they went back down. So uh, we do encourage people to try and take advantage of those tax brackets, especially if they have room in a lower tax bracket. Uh, we, we advise people that are in retirement mode, that are allowed to take money out of their uh, IRAs to start taking that money out and paying tax on it now because that money has gotta be taxed at some point. So uh, once you reach a certain age, the age now is 72, they force you to take out a certain amount from that account every single year and pay tax on it. So who knows what that tax rate's gonna look like at that time. Or if you're passing that money down to a beneficiary when you pass away, they're gonna pay tax on it. What tax rate are they gonna be paying at? It? So it is important to look at, to see if there are any opportunities for you to take advantage of potentially, you know, paying tax on money now uh, with the current tax rates rather than waiting when you're gonna eventually have to pay tax on it otherwise. Um, from a small business perspective, they are uh, proposing some changes in there that would reduce some of the tax credits that are available to small businesses right now. A lot of that stuff is up in the air, but that's when we go in and you know, do tax planning. Anytime that changes are made, it presents opportunities to change the way that a business is structured or, or the way that they're operating. Just because they might be structured one way right now and it's the most advantageous with the current tax laws, that doesn't mean that when things change, it makes sense to stay that way. So it's important to be as proactive as possible when analyzing everything in your business, You know, your, your sales, your budgets, making sure you know, you're hitting your goals, but also how much tax are you paying? Is the way that you're structured the right way to pay the least amount legally possible to the government right now? And if those tax laws change, that might change your situation as well. And it might be time to reevaluate the way that you're operating.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Wow. There's so many things to think about. And that's just, you know, small business in general is overwhelming when you have to you you kind of go wide in all the areas from you know, legal to HR to operations, to financial or you go really, really deep, (laughs) like you're, you're talking about on, on just tax alone. And it's just, wow, mind blowing information, but, um, thank you for sharing all that. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Um, tax is usually actually a business's largest expense. Uh, so that's why we try to slash that expense as much as possible. (laughs) Um, and yeah, small business owners have a lot on their plate, uh, especially when you're just starting out. So, it's, it's tough to even think about, you know, things like financial statements and accounting and tax, but it is important that you do so because you might be overpaying in tax and you don't even realize it. Uh, and at the end of the day, what that's doing is it's preventing you from, you know, putting that money back into your business to grow it, or, you know, going on a vacation with your family or, you know, buying a new, a new toy, whatever you want to do with that money. Uh, it might be available to you and you might not even realize it. So that's, that's, that's what, uh, you know, people like us are here for.
0: Love it. All right. This is a great time to uh, pause for a quick message from our sponsor.
1: Social capital is sponsored by Keystone click located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Keystone click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For social capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide
0: today. So Nick, the purpose of my show is to really help alleviate any fears that anyone has when they hear that word networking. And I'm hoping you can help me do that. Can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had?
1: Yeah, so throughout my time, uh, I've probably, I've been in the industry for almost 10 years now. I've I've, I've done a lot of different things. So Chamber of Commerce meetings, BNI, everything, you know going to uh, you know financial advisors where they put on presentations and at the end of the day it's finding people that you're comfortable with because it allows you to open up open up more you know personally which creates that connection where they're going to trust you with you know referring people that trust them to trust you so Uh, my B&I group has been great. Uh, It's over in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, and it's a very tight-knit group. A lot of the people in there have been there for a while, and, you know, going to the meetings is not, you know, a drag. It's not something you dread going to because, you know, it's easy conversation, and sometimes the conversation isn't even about business anymore. You know, it's did you watch that TV show last night or, you know, how are the Packers doing? How are the Brewers doing? Um, you know, how's your family doing? So creating connections that are, are personal and, and can be friendly first takes you to the level where someone's gonna trust you uh, with, with people that trust them to make sure that you're doing a job with, with work for them. So that, that would be the best experience that I've had so far in networking.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's great to be a part of uh, a dedicated group of individuals who really, their intention is to get to know each other, to become advocates for each other. And, and I, I think there's great successes when you when you go all in on that. Absolutely. So Nick, um, regardless of the size of your network, it's extremely important to stay in touch and nurture those relationships. How, how do you best do that?
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the main things that that I like to do is if someone reaches out to me, uh, making sure that I'm responding to them, you know, within 24 hours. Uh, making sure that you know, no matter how big or large the question is, that at least I'm addressing it, and uh, you know, making sure that we're keeping in touch. So we like to utilize email platforms that that sends out newsletters or, you know, things that are happening, especially in our industry to make sure that, you know, they're thinking about us the whole year. Uh, Oftentimes people only think about people in our industry for those dreaded couple months out of the year. So uh, we like to keep in touch throughout the year so that they're thinking about us uh, in case there's anything else that might come up for them uh, throughout the year. So just making sure that you're keeping in touch, keeping keeping touch points with them to make sure that they're not forgetting about you.
0: I, I couldn't agree more with you. It's, and I love that you're leveraging you know tools such as email um, to, to just stay in touch and remind people that you exist and provide value. And, and I mean, I know you're really good at that by The content that you create um, by continuing to educate your, your audience. And, that, and that's what it's all about. So what advice would you offer That's that um, business professional who's really looking to grow their network?
1: I think it all depends on what type of industry you're in, as far as where you should look to grow your network. Um, if you're looking to to scale something where you need high volume, I think it definitely makes sense to to work something out online where you're able to reach a broader audience if that's through advertisements or if that's through uh, you know LinkedIn, Facebook, things like that. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, those few big fish where you don't need a ton of clients or you don't need to sell a ton of product, I think it definitely makes sense to reach out to local groups if it's a, a dedicated networking group or if it's Uh, you know, your target market, joining a group that is specifically a group of individuals that are in your target market market is always a great idea. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it definitely depends on what your ideal client looks like as far as how you should approach it. Um, Either way, I think a combination of both, you know, online and in-person is always a good idea. But if you need to reach a higher number of people in order to hit your sales goals, hit your revenue goals, I think that online is really going to, you know, help you with that. Um, so if that's just doing advertisements, or if that's you know, doing webinars, creating um, creating groups where people can you know talk about things, that would be where I would steer someone for that. But if you're looking for you know. A specific individual that fits a certain profile that, hey, if I get 10 to 15 of these clients per year, I'm going to be good, then I think it, it definitely makes sense to get your feet on the ground in, in your area so that you can really connect with people, gain their trust, and then see how you can, you know, find those targets that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're reminding me of the analogy to, to fish in the pond, where the type of fish are you want to catch are swimming in and really just, you know, know who that ideal customer or contact that you're trying to get in touch with and figure out where they're hanging out. Yeah. I mean, and, and no, yeah, totally no, makes sense.
1: yeah, no two businesses are going to be the same. And, um, you know, from, from our perspective, we work with, you know, a variety of different small business owners. Um, so, you know, when advising a, a pizza shop owner, as far as how they should reach out to try and, grow their business that advice is going to be a little bit different than you know a financial advisor that I'm working with or or someone mm-hmm. in that capacity so sure. uh, it, it makes sense to first figure out what your target market is and if you haven't mapped that out yet it's important that you do so otherwise you're just fishing in the whole pond and you know try, <laughs> hoping something comes on the on the hook and you know taking whatever you get uh, if you, if you don't know specifically what you're looking for. So that would be the first step. And then that will take you to how you should approach your networking, uh, from that point.
0: I I agree. Um, wholeheartedly. So here's a fun one, Nick, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of, or differently with regards to your professional career?
1: This is a great question because this is something that, uh, i've been thinking about for probably five or six years as far as the stuff that i learned in high school even college i barely use any of it right now um i wish that they focused (laughs) i wish that they focused more on um you know some real life skills as far as tax investing retirement insurance all these things that you know when you get thrown into the real world, you got to start learning about, uh, you know, I took basic accounting classes as far as debits and credits. Uh, I do know, uh, I recently spoke at my former high school and they they actually have, uh, it's called employability where it does start teaching them as far as how to make yourself employable. So I was glad to see that. But um, if I were to go back to my 20 year old self, I would definitely do more internships. Uh, I actually went to school for marketing. Um, When I got out of school, it was 2008, 2009 where the job market was was terrible. Um, I ended up taking a couple cold calling sales jobs and absolutely hated it. Uh, I did one internship, but it was my senior year of college and everyone was looking for experience, experience, experience and it's like, yeah, I just graduated college. I don't have experience. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm trying to gain. Um, so I would tell you know, even when you're 16, 17, to start. If you know what you want to do, or even if you don't, if you have a couple ideas, just start start doing internships, uh, even if they're unpaid. Getting your foot in the door, getting that real world experience, is going to provide you better things to put on your resume, better experience than that 4.0 you got in college. Uh, when I am interviewing people, I ask about real world experiences. I ask about you know wins that they've had in their personal and professional life. So just getting experience in different areas that might help you out in the future is what I wish I did more. What I would encourage younger people to do now Um because unfortunately college has kind of become a commodity unless you're in, you know, specific realms, of, you know, doctors and you know people that need to go to grad school and so forth. A general business degree at this point really isn't doing much for you to be honest. It's that experience. So internships, internship, internships is what I would preach to my 20-year-old self and what I would preach to 20 year olds, even like I said, 17, 18, 19 year olds right now as well.
0: Totally, um, I, again, we're definitely on the same wavelength in a lot of different areas, but um, yeah, if I could do it all over again, I would try to diversify my experiences as much as possible, you know, and in, in, in wearing as many different hats as possible to to see what path I really connected with and, and wanted to pursue. Um, but it just gives you so much different perspective uh, and appreciation for the different types of roles that exist, too. So I love that and huge advocate of en- enhancing and diversifying your experience as much as possible.
1: Yeah, I would, I, I would agree with that. You don't really want to, when you're that young, you really don't want to, you know, you think you know what you're going to do. And a lot of it is a generality. There's certain people out there that specifically know, you know, this is what I'm going to do and this is the path that I'm going to take, but if you just want to get into business or, or education, it's so broad that you know if you try to pigeonhole yourself in one specific area, as you mentioned, you're not really allowing yourself to see what's out there and see what opportunities are available, see that there's something you might enjoy doing that you never even thought you might enjoy doing. So definitely diversifying the areas of Of expertise uh, are going to not only potentially lead you in the right path, but gaining experience in all those areas is only going to help you in the future too. The more that you can provide to a company makes you more employable, makes you more valuable, and at the end of the day is going to earn you more money if you can help out in multiple different areas.
0: Totally. Totally. That definitely... You know, it's I, I like to say I'm a I'm a Jill of of all things and master. Well, I don't say master of none because I do have some mastery, but um, I, I do appreciate that I I have different experiences and and understand a lot of different functions and roles. But I'm also continuing to learn every single day, and that's one of the things that I I love about the role that I'm in is there's always something new. <laughs> and I'm sure you have that too, in, in your space for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean. I I started with this business as the receptionist. Uh, as I previously mentioned, I, mm-hmm. you know, went to school for marketing and it, it got to the point where uh, my dad, who's the president of the business said, Hey, you're coming to work for me. So obviously didn't have any experience in the tax industry at that point. Um, so I started out at the front desk, answering calls, filing folders, you know, found out about that part of the business and then eventually started you know educating myself studying to get my enrolled agent um, and then kind of went up from there with my marketing background I do the marketing so I've probably held almost every position in the business which (laughs) which helps me at this point now where I'm able to you know oversee things in different areas and I'm able to uh, you know talk with employees as far as, you know, hey, I've been there, this is what I would do, or this is what I've done, or understand where, where problems can arise. So I really do think that diversification, even though it came the way that it did, is really helped me now in the overall concept because I'm able to help out in pretty much every single area. And it allows me to see the whole picture a lot better than if I were just an accountant from the start. And um, yeah, continuous continuous learning is obviously something that we're required to do. We have to take a certain amount of hours of continuing education every year to keep our licenses, uh, but also important to stay on top of that stuff too, cool. to help our clients, uh, but not just in professional level. I think it's important to always be learning in different areas, so I, I like to read a lot of books or so take a lot of online courses in, in, in leadership, in sales, um, you know, things that I want to learn that I don't know. Um, I'm going to Vegas in a couple of months and I really want to learn how to play craps. I always see people at the craps table <laughs> and I, I don't know how to do that, but I want to learn how to do that. So I'm, I'm taking an online class for that. So learning things is, is never a bad idea. It only improves uh, your overall value.
0: <laughs> i'm sure we could go on a tangent about learning the game of craps but we're not going to do that we can do that offline sometime yeah because i am I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out and i can't but um so well, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll let you know how, how this course goes <laughs> and I'll, I'll pass it along to you if, uh,
0: sure i think if you, it if you walk away and a winner right yeah. <laughs> um nick i'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me here so what's something you'd like to ask me
1: Um, so obviously in your role, um, you're, you're in a management role and you're working with a lot of different types of personalities. Uh, Also, when you're networking, you're obviously dealing with a lot of different personalities. So when you're in a management role and also when you're networking, how do you best work with different types of personalities? Do you adapt to people differently or do you stick to your, guns is the way that you would approach anyone. What, what's your, what's your take on that?
0: Ooh, that's a fun question. Um, you know, I, I think it depends on the situation and what is, what is it that I'm trying to achieve with the relationship? Um, but I would say from a, a leadership team management standpoint, I really try to understand the individual personality and, and, and that's more like a long-term relationship. I would say this, this is in the long-term and how do I best adapt to uh, accommodate their needs while also being true and authentic to who I am. Um, and, and in a short-term relationship where it's just more of an initial like meet and greet and, and I'm not really, ha- I don't really have any expectations for a long-term relationship. I would say I'm, I stick to 100% who I am, but I try to be as authentic as possible, but also having a level of empathy and respect for how that individual's personality um, resonates or, or connects with me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I've always been told uh, in situations where you, know, you, you, you don't have a, a deep relationship already to try and match the other person's energy. So, if they're really laid back or if they're leaning back in their chair kind of do the same type of thing. If they're, sure. if they're upbeat and so forth and, and, leaning forward kind of, uh, you know, do the same. So that that's kind of what I've been, that, that's uh, been definitely a about, sales.
0: So. Yeah. That's a sales tactic. I yeah. Would say. Yeah. Well, uh,
1: I mean, a lot, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things in life are sales. If you, this is
0: true, you're right. You
1: don't, you don't even realize it half the time. I you're mean, right. Um,
0: Everyone is selling all the time. They don't realize it. Yeah,
1: dating is sales. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything. (laughs) Everything at the end of the day is your job
0: interview is sales. Yeah, you're selling
1: something in some capacity. So very,
0: very true. Um, Fun question, (laughs) and super random too. I love it. Uh, Um, Definitely appreciate. No, I I appreciate (laughs) the more obscure questions um, from from my guests, and I and I always throw these out here as. No surprise. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've listened to a past episode, you don't know if that's happening or not. So I appreciate it. Um, Nick, I, I I hear you've got a nice offering for our listeners. You want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, we do. So, uh, in our lobby, we have some books that have been written by our president Dale Hamernick, uh, my father, and uh, we got we got copies that are available and you can come by and pick them up, or you can shoot me an email and I'll, I'll mail them out to you. There's, there's two different books. I'm not sure on the supply. I believe the first one is limited because it's, it's been around for a few years. And I think we've gone through some of that inventory. Uh, the first book is called Straight Talk About Small Business Success in Wisconsin. So it's kind of a roadmap of start to finish. If you're just starting out a business to the, the mid cycles of, of, of change and, and proactive evaluation. And then the end game, how are you getting out of that business? What's your, what's your plan to get out? It kind of takes you through those, that life cycle of a business and it's specific to Wisconsin tax law. Uh, so we do have limited copies of that. So that would be great for someone that is an entrepreneur that's thinking about starting up a small business or even an established business owner it's a very easy read. There's, it's sectioned out, so if there's only a specific section you want to read about, it's easy to do that. Uh, and then the second book, uh, co-authored by Dale, is called "The Great Tax Escape," and it's uh, pretty much a, an update on the most recent tax law changes. So, might be a, a very limited edition if the tax laws change here soon, but it kind of walks through. The, uh, the most important tax law changes and how, uh, how to understand those in, in easy to understand language and how to possibly make those tax laws work for you.
0: Great, right. and then how can, um, how can our listeners get access to that and how can they connect with you going further?
1: Yeah, they can, uh, they can stop in at our office. Um, we're just over on uh, High 100 in Beloit in Greenfield. Um, You can find our address, you can find my contact information at our website, which is hammernickassos.com, H-A-M-M-E-R-N-I-K-A-S-S-O-C.com. My email directly is nick, N-I-C-K, at hammernikasos.com. And yeah, if if you want those copies... Honestly, you can just swing by at the front desk and pick them up, otherwise hit me up and I'll, I'll put it in the mail for you. If you have any general questions on anything we talked about today in regards to tax or in regards to networking, I'm more than happy to uh, you know, chat with you. If you're interested in, in your own small business tax plan, we do provide complimentary discovery sessions, which takes a look to see if there's any opportunities available to you and your business. So that would be something that we would offer as well. Um, if anyone's interested.
0: All right. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Nick.
1: Thanks for having me. Uh, I had a lot of fun and, uh, it's great to, uh, bounce ideas off of each other and, uh, you know, talk networking and, and talk tax. So
0: yeah, I mean, tax isn't my favorite conversation, but uh, it was good to hear some of the insights and perspectives that you had to share. Definitely uh, appreciate what what you what you shared with our listeners today. I don't think
1: it's anyone's favorite topic, but <laughs> I try I try to make it as fun as possible. And um, if I can tell someone that we're going to give them money by reducing their tax bill, that's always a good thing. People like money if they don't like tax, so.
0: All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Nick Hammernick for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you shortly. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, reach out and connect with someone, reconnect with someone from your past, or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. Heck, connect with Nick. That's what it's all about. Go build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.